You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock with you. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find my co-host at Eric underscore Crocker. Appreciate all the love. Appreciate all the listeners out there. Seeing a lot of reviews, seeing our numbers very high. Uh, Crocker, we've even been called out by the big boss of the network, David Locke, which is pretty cool. Uh, talking about the great job that we've done and uh, us ranking at the top of the NFL side of the network pretty much every single week since Croc has joined me here, really solidifying the strength of the Locked On 49ers podcast out there. So appreciate all the, the listenership and, and the feedback there. But unfortunately, the rest of this podcast is going to take a more somber note because, wow, this is not what I expected to talk about today, Croc, uh, was the the Richard Sherman stuff that really all came out Wednesday. And I know you did a little Croc Talk TV episode earlier Wednesday. I talked a little bit about this Wednesday morning with Matt on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, but there was not a lot of information then. So we have a ton of information now recording this Wednesday evening for the the Thursday morning podcast. And there's audio from the 911 call. We've heard from Ashley Sherman, Richard Sherman's wife. Uh, This is just a crazy incident and and really from a player that you'd be one of the last you would expect for this kind of thing to come about with right yeah i I was shocked you know the first thing we see richard sherman arrested at 6 a.m and i'm like richard sherman i thought i read it wrong or i thought maybe it was like a spoof account but it was the richard sherman and a guy that has been such a stand-up guy you just don't ever think that something like this you know, would involve him. So that it was definitely surprising to see that. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. So essentially, if you are not up to speed, we'll go over some of the details here that we have now. Uh, Essentially, Richard Sherman arrested for suspicion of burglary, burglary, domestic violence. Um, And and we've kind of learned a lot more details about what that is, because that by itself really can lead you into a lot of directions in in sort of guessing at at what happened. But after hearing the 911 call and and hearing more reports and hearing the press conference about what happened there, essentially Richard Sherman was uh, accused of being under the influence, crashing his vehicle. Hit and run, he he ditched his car, which was pretty beat up apparently, but drivable. So he got it away from the situation where it, 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 he didn't hit anybody, but he hit a, a cement barricade, then pulled off on another road on the side of the road, bailed from that crash on foot to his in-laws house. And this was a really, this was the part that I didn't understand because I was like, did he get arrested for trying to go home to his own home? Because that's where his wife was. Uh, but no, he, he was actually at his wife's in-laws. His wife and, and kids were there. And so that's where he was trying to go. That's where the burglary part came in because he was trying to go to his in-laws house where his wife was. And there might have been a little bit of a, a you know, a physical scuffle there with with the uncle that was at the house. But apparently nobody's hurt, which is the best part of all of this is that nobody was hurt. Sherman's not hurt. Wife, kids, everybody, uncle, everybody's Okay. They called the police. The police came. Then there was some resisting by Sherman with the police. So there were some scratches that happened there. And it ended up being, you know, an incident that started after 1 a.m. He's at 6 a.m. He's finally booked and can't see a judge until Thursday. So he's going to stay in jail with no bail until he's able to see a judge. And, And that's, you know, broad strokes the situation right now with 
with Richard Sherman. Um, and like, Rock, I don't know, like, uh, what details do we even start with here? Because there's so much to get into with this whole thing. We've got to talk about mental health when it comes to Richard Sherman. And um, when you hear the 911 call, really, and I don't want to rebroadcast it, and I don't like that it's even out there. It adds a lot of context for us to understand what's going on. But how does that call get leaked? And how does that radio station, uh, KIRO, in the Seattle area even get that audio so fast the same day like I, I don't I don't like how that comes about and it's an invasion of privacy for them um and while the the dispatcher the operator there at the 911 call was terrible made the situation Gosh. worse I mean I, I yeah. felt for Ashley Sherman in this call and and by the way to clarify things Ashley herself has said we're still married so I, but I think you know reading between the lines maybe that marriage is is on the rocks and because people called her ex-wife, but no, they're still married. She called herself Ashley Sherman on the phone call. Some people have been calling her Ashley, I believe Moss is her uh, maiden name. So, um, But I really felt bad for Ashley Sherman, who was on the phone with this, this dispatcher, uh, afraid mostly not even for herself, but really afraid for Richard Sherman, who's yeah. like talking suicidal. It's, I mean, that's the scary part of the situation. Yeah, it, it was all scary. And I think like where we start with is just like, you know, how do you get in this type of situation, right? And it sounds like the the first thing that happened was he had a little bit too much to drink or a lot of bit too much to drink. On the 911 call, the lady said, well, how much did he have to drink? She said two bottles. And he was, she was like, what, two bottles of what? Yeah, what kind of wine was, was he drinking? He's like, wine. no, uh, you know, vodka yeah, and something you know, else. Like, oh, okay, two bottles of booze. Well, that's not good, depending on how big those bottles are. Right, so... Right there, I'm like, okay, definitely had too much to drink. And then you just see it seems like it just kind of continued to escalate, like just the details of everything that was coming out, you know, the scuffle with the uncle, like you talked about. And yeah, you're right, man. The, the, the dispatcher, she didn't make it any better. You got Ashley Sherman just basically saying like, look, we need help. He's basically here kind of acting like a madman right now. Are you sending the sheriff? And it was like the lady was on the dispatcher was just like, well, before we can get to that, like, please stop cutting me off. And I'm like, man, this lady is like frightened, not just for herself or people in the house, but for Sherman as well, because she was, I think, worried that the police would show up guns blazing yeah. because of how Sherman was acting. She's like, look, he's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah. Like, but I just want you guys to come and deescalate the situation. Right. Yeah. And deescalation is definitely not what the dispatcher was doing there and definitely not calming down Ashley Sherman. Uh, and yeah, it's like, dude, she didn't call you ordering a pizza. Like, where's the attitude come from? Like unprovoked. What is going on? You're supposed to help this person calm down so that you can get the information you need to pass on to, you know, the dispatch. But also you got to calm the person down that's on the other end of the phone that's in crisis, that something's going on with them. So, yeah, that was a terrible situation there. And by the way, uh, the department she works for. You gotta, I mean, they're leaking this 911 audio too. Like, what's up with that? So, that I got some big questions there with uh, whatever is the Redmond office, Redmond PD, or, or whoever. Like, that's that's strange. Why would this why would this audio be leaked that quickly to some radio DJ guy in the uh, in the Seattle area who's already been usually, in trouble for doing dubious things? So, that's yeah, I, I don't like any of that. Usually, it's TMZ that gets on these videos yeah. extremely quick. Like, man, how'd you get the video to that so fast? And, and they usually release things before it happens. But this time, it wasn't TMZ. It was actually a radio station that came out, a local radio station. So maybe they have some ties with the police mm -hmm. department somehow, some way. Maybe someone knew someone, and they were able to get that call. But it was disturbing. And, and there were a lot of 
different layers to that call that I, you know, kind of took away that yeah. made this situation obviously serious for the people involved, but even more serious with the health of Richard Sherman and where it might be at right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got to talk about that. Richard Sherman, uh, a little mental health conversation, uh, you know, as much as we can get into on this 30 minute podcast. And if any of this actually impacts the 49ers and Richard Sherman is currently not a member of the San Francisco 49ers, he is a free agent. And what this could mean on the football side of things, which is secondary to uh, the human side of things for all involved. Talking a lot about how the draft and free agency has altered things for the 2021 season. You can go to betonline.ag and then bet accordingly. Do you think a certain team's chances to win the Super Bowl next year have changed? Win some money on it at betonline.ag. They've also got some fresh odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, second, tied with Trey Lance. Kind of like Zach Wilson at 7-1. to one. Kyle Pitts, 11-1 to one on the defensive side for Rookie of the Year next season. Micah Parsons leads that at 4-1. to one. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. to one. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at 10-1, to one, along with Zayvon Collins. And the second rounder, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. 12-1 to one odds. NBA, NHL, Major League, baseball, table games, poker. All you got to do to get involved in the action is head to the website at betonline.ag or the mobile app. Use promo code Locked On when signing up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So mental health conversation, I think, is where this has to all go, especially when you're thinking, when you're hearing things like, you know, suicidal, saying he's going to hang himself and you know, marriage is on the rocks or whatever. Maybe there's a divorce coming. I'm not sure. If reading between the lines of what it sounds like, something like that might be happening. But, um, you know, if if she's staying at the in-laws and he's upset, maybe he drinks too much. Maybe he's just spouting off because he got drunk and he's, you know, upset about a situation. And, and maybe it's not a big deal, but you got to treat it as it's a big deal. And here's the other thing that that uh, that really stood out to me is, is very recently Richard Sherman had been vocal about mental health. And remember it spawned from... The, the tennis player in the, the French Open, the female tennis player that said she didn't want to do any media at all and referenced yeah. mental health, and then she ended up dropping out of the tournament because it was such a big deal, and Richard Sherman was like had her back and was like, yeah, mental, mental health is something we got to talk about. And he said in a Yahoo Finance article, he said, because uh, he started working with a company about brain uh, brain health and you know, a company that and he started working with this company uh, to, to help mental health issues and i think they're developing an app i'm not exactly sure but he said basically you would hope that at some point you get to the point where athletes can get to take a break from doing these media interviews or engaging with the public at times and just give them a break obviously it's part of the sports to be uh, engaging for people to write stories about them but i think that's part of what kills people's mental uh, mentality more than anything and he went on to say there's just so much more ne- negativity out there than positivity when talking about social media and, and that interaction. And um, yeah, I mean, as an athlete, I would almost just want to not have an account at all and just delete Twitter, delete Instagram and those kind of things, because I'm sure there's so much negativity. I mean, we've seen it just being part of the media and doing podcasts and, and breaking down stuff. And someone doesn't agree with your assessment of a, of a player when you, you know, you're talking about the draft or whatever, and you can get some crazy asses out there. I can't imagine being a player being under that spotlight and what that's like in your mentions. Yeah, and it's a constant thing, especially if you have a play. Remember, I mean, a lot of players have received death threats. Kyle Williams, remember muffing mm-hmm. the two uh, punts 
punt returns in the uh, NFC Championship game. He received death threats, and, and it's not just him. It's plenty of guys where something doesn't go the way the fan base wants. They completely turn on, on these players and then result to death threats. And, I, I mean, I've never been on the side of any of that type of stuff, but I could only imagine how that would make me feel. Obviously, I know that this situation or whatever or the misplays is not ideal. But on top of that, to probably beat yourself up, because a lot of these guys are their worst critics. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know me personally, I'm really hard on myself trying to improve in certain things, even with a podcast, even with, you know, with you and I and trying to work on certain things. You have somebody call me out about my verbal feelers, and I'm like, okay, I got to really work on that. Someone else called me on about, called, called me out about rambling, and I'm like, okay, I got to really work on that. But, like, those are things that I hear as well, and I work hard to improve on those things. It, that's not even me receiving death threats because of it. I, I could only imagine how that might mess with someone's psyche as well. That, that's tough. Yeah, the, the worst we get is someone's like, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Or it might, you know, drop a uh, a few choice words on us or something like that. That's a quick mute, and that's pretty easy. But you times that by thousands, and, and that's what a pro athlete, I'm sure, is, is getting. And it, Richard Sherman's a vocal guy with a lot of things, and he's a pretty brash, you know, cocky player. And, and look – that he's brought some of that on himself because he's put himself out there even more than maybe some other players have is not just by his play is like, he'll, he'll talk, he'll talk mad game at you. You know, he'll talk smack and, and it's on him too, to a certain extent. Like you can't just, you can't just say, ah, you know, maybe he's dealing with something and mental health issues, but like, this is serious stuff too, you know? And if he's driving under the influence and he's trying to break into someone's home where his wife and kids are, it's on him to a certain extent too, like to, to a, a great extent. And when he goes on a national TV show and tells Skip Bayless, uh, I'm better at life than you are, you know, you gotta, you gotta, just like if you're talking smack to a receiver, you gotta be able to shut him down after that. Right. And so when something like this comes out, you know, Sherman's been very cocky and, and he does bring us extra spotlight on himself. But um, really it's, it's just the whole thing's a sad situation. And w when you can't, be, because to me, the biggest thing is Richard Sherman, you know, for all the smack he talks, he is a smart guy and you, and he has never done anything in a, you know, off the field manner or just, you know, as far as being brash and cocky in interviews or whatever, he's never done anything where you were like, oh, this guy's going to get arrested and have this kind of trouble and be in this type of situation. That's what really blows me away about it because he's one of the last guys I would pick in the entire NFL if I had to guess someone that would be in this kind of situation. Yeah, the last guy. And we're talking about, you know, a Stanford grad and someone who has been kind of the face of the organizations that he's been a part of. I want to say he's involved, I want to say with the Players Association to some extent or something like that, where, you know, he speaks for a lot of the players mm -hmm. and he's the, the guy that a lot of the players look up to. So for a situation like this to to come about, man, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, I've had situations, not me personally, but I know my brother. My brother was arrested with a gun and, you know, and a lot of it happened because he was he was drunk and he started driving and he had a pistol and all this other stuff. And, and they arrested him and you had to go to jail for a while. And sometimes, you know, having that liquid, I don't want to I don't I don't want to blame alcohol for this entire situation. But I do know it doesn't help. And I do know that sometimes oh, you yeah. put yourself in a unfortunate position because of the consumption of alcohol and it sounds like this is something that happened with Sherman and it escalated. But when you start hearing the, the personal things about what he was texting people, 
about yeah. wanting to, you know, to, to kill himself. It's hard for me to even say that about Richard Sherman. That's when it's like, okay, this is this is deeper than just the alcohol and maybe what we're hearing there. There is more to it. And maybe, like you said, you know, a, a relationship potentially being on the rocks, maybe that has something to do with it as well. Maybe not being picked up in football right now, something he's probably been doing since he was eight years old. Maybe that has something to do with it as well. So I think overall it's a tough situation. Again, there's a lot of different layers to it. And Ashley Sherman told, I believe it was the Seattle Times, that, quote, he didn't harm anybody. My kids were not harmed in the incident. He's a good person, and this is not his character. We're all doing all right, just trying to get him out. I want people to know no one was injured. And, and you, it really comes across in the 911 call. She's not calling because she's worried about herself. She's calling more so because she's worried about him. And she wants the police to come. She doesn't want to let him in the house, but she also doesn't want him to leave because he's under the influence, doesn't want him to drive away, doesn't want any in, in, you know altercation to happen with the cops. So she's trying to let the dispatcher know, look, he's not armed or nothing crazy is going to happen there if he does resist because he said he's going to if the cops come. And it's like, God, that, it was just such a rough situation for Ashley Sherman to be in hearing her trying to like play referee to this entire situation and really worried about Richard Sherman's health. So that that's the scary part of it. When you start talking about someone who might be trying to harm themselves and, and where Richard Sherman's at. And, you know, maybe there's a lot more to the fact that he had been vocal just last month about mental health and, and about mental health of athletes. And it kind of all comes together. Maybe he was dealing with more of this stuff than we know behind the scenes. And I'm sure there's a ton more that we don't know from uh, behind the scenes that maybe he was dealing with. And also I think we should check on, or not us, but someone should check on the mental health of the children, right? Experiencing this yeah. traumatic or having this traumatic experience and, you know, seeing your father this way, which they maybe have not, hopefully, right? Seeing him in this way to where he's, you know, getting into some sort of a physical altercation with the family member, the mother and in-laws keeping them out of the home, your father on the outside banging on doors and trying to bust his way in. Like how, you know, the kids probably look up to him as if he's Superman, he's a superhero. Then you see your father in that state and you know, like, well, that's not my dad, but that can definitely affect the children as well. Oh, absolutely. It's hard enough if your parents are just getting a regular old divorce, but if you, you see your dad get hauled off by the cops and trying to come in the house and, and, um, break into a house where you are with your mom. Like that's, that's, you're absolutely right, Croc. I mean, that's like, that. that's the first thing that we need to, or not that we, but uh, we as a society need to check on those kids, make sure everything's good there. And, and some, some absolute counseling and, and tons of stuff has to go on here with this situation. Um, and for Richard Sherman and the entire family's mental health. And uh, Ashley sounds like she's got i mean just just hearing her comment today and seeing some of her comments with uh, different news outlets and just on twitter too like correcting people and stuff like she's she's on her game you know i like <laughs> have a ton of respect for what she's been through today since the early hours of the morning and still setting people straight and um you know obviously looking after her family so really just the thoughts are with the entire sherman family and hope everybody comes out better on the other end how does this impact the 49ers? We've got to talk about the the football player that is Richard Sherman. Was he in the 49ers' plans? If he was, what does this do for the 49ers' secondary if Richard Sherman was maybe a, a plan B or even a plan A option as training camp approaches that would be the veteran savior for the secondary? So let's talk about the 49ers' secondary next. You know what I've learned about Built Bars, and you hear me say it probably all the time on this podcast, there's no bad time for a Built Bar. One of the best times is a road trip. 
have one in your little bag, have one in your glove box, whatever. It's a perfect snack. You have a long commute. Maybe you skip breakfast. Maybe you, you skip lunch. You need a snack and you can feel good about it and it tastes great. High in protein, low in sugar. That is the snack you want to grab. And you can grab a box of Built Bars from Built.com using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Nine original flavors like cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter is my favorite, cookies and creams really good, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, salted caramel, coconut, and they're always filtering in specialty flavors. So go to Built.com and find out what kind of new flavors they've got for you. You can buy a box of one flavor or do a mix and match. Even great for keto diets if you're trying to maintain, lose weight, only four or five grams of net carbs. So amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You can't go wrong with a Built Bar if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So the legalities of everything, we will find out more about in the coming days and weeks, I'm sure. And this is something that's probably going to go on for a little while. So in the near future, Richard Sherman's definitely not playing football. This could be the end of his football career. I don't know. But for the time being, before training camp, Richard Sherman's not coming to the 49ers. And there was a lot of speculation that he could be coming to the 49ers recently as a late ad before camp starts to play corner and give the 49ers a little bit more depth in and in that veteran rock in the secondary. And Croc, I know you talked a little bit about this on Croc Talk TV today, but where do you think this puts the 49ers? Do you think they would have been interested in, in bringing Sherman back? And what does this do for the potential depth? Or are there some other names out there that the 49ers could add if they did need that veteran corner in the secondary? I definitely think that not just the 49ers, but other teams around the NFL would be interested in Richard Sherman's services. I mean, this is a guy that's two years removed from being an all-pro cornerback, all right? Now, we've definitely noticed that his skills are diminishing a bit, right? He's not just the young, spry Richard Sherman that we saw, in, you know, in around 2012, 13, 14, in those years. But he is someone who is a savvy veteran. He plays ahead mentally, and I think that allows him to still be effective in the NFL, be able to make plays. I want to say 2019 led the 49ers in interceptions, so he still is able to be effective to some extent. The issue sometimes is when you have a veteran guy like Richard Sherman, you know, teams want to wait and see, hey, we had our first wave of free agency, second wave, third wave, then we had the draft. How is all that going to play out? How the free agents, the draft picks, 49ers drafted two cornerbacks in Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore. There's not much veteran depth that the 49ers have. You have Jason Verrett, which you're definitely good with, but he has had an injury history. You have Mosley, who you didn't even want to play towards the end of last year, and you elected to play Akela Witherspoon and Dante Johnson in the slot over Mosley. So how confident are you in him being just this surefire cornerback on your team? And then after that, again, Dante Johnson, that doesn't really move the needle for anybody. And then you have two rookies. So I do think you want to give yourself a chance to see, hey, where are we heading into the season? Can we get out of preseason and training camp healthy with all of these guys? Do we see positive uh, you know, footage from not just the rookies, but mostly as well? And if you start to have questions about those things, then you look towards the free agent market with a veteran that you can bring in. And maybe this veteran comes in on maybe a week-to-week type thing. You wait to after week one. Richard Sherman is still out there. You know he has a 
rapport with D'Amico Ryans and everybody else with the 49ers understands how to play off of, you know, Jimmy Ward and communicate with him and Tart and those things. So I do think that a lot of fans probably think, well, no, there's no way Sherman is back on this team. He's older. He doesn't move the same. He kind of struggles maybe in man coverage. But I do think there's value in having a guy like him knowing what you're going to get from him and him understanding what it is that you're trying to do. Right. And it might be a situation where when you look down the road a few months, the legal situation with Sherman works itself out and, you know, he gets some counseling and and, you know, he didn't hit his wife. He didn't hit his kids or anything like that. I think the I think the public image of Richard Sherman might change, but it's not a situation where, you know, there's players in the league that have hit their significant others and have hit people and and are still playing in the league. You know, so I, I don't think if Richard Sherman wants to play at some point that he will It'll be a, a either legal or league-wide situation where he's not allowed to play. Maybe he gets dinged with um, with uh, you know some sort of suspension for some time. But I would imagine if he wants to and if his mental state is in a good place in a few months, that he would be able to jump in with the team. It'll probably just be after the season starts. But so that's not completely out the door. But if we're if we're taking Richard Sherman off the table for the 49ers, and and the, the way I look at it is is you know let, let's say you just throw a dart at the 49ers roster. And that dart lands on Jason Verrett, who's been hurt numerous times already in his career. Like, Jason Verrett gets hurt tomorrow. Where are the 49ers? Like, better actually if he gets hurt tomorrow than if he gets hurt in week one or week two, right? Like, you're going to be relying on a couple of rookies. You're relying on Emmanuel Mosley. And you mentioned that maybe they're not even that sold on Emmanuel Mosley. Dante Johnson right now would be maybe their fourth cornerback uh he, he's played some nickel as well like so uh, you know obviously Kwan Williams has an injury history like you're pretty razor thin there and I'm sure they love the rookies and I'm sure they're fine with Jason Verrett with the way he played last year if he plays that way again you're talking about a top 10 corner in the NFL but that there is a, a narrow margin for skating through the situation at corner I think for the 49ers all season being really good there so uh, I think it's something they absolutely should have been looking at before, whether it was Sherman or somebody else. And so um, this probably just elevates some of the other names they might have been looking at. And who knows, maybe they start to say, well, look, there was only two guys we wanted and Sherman was one of them. So we better go sign this other guy quick before somebody else does. Yeah, and there are other guys on the free agent market. You know, I was looking at some names. Steve Nelson, that, that's one guy that comes to mind. Josh Norman, he's someone who can come in and, and fit a specific role. Uh, Garyon Conley, uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman. So there are guys that can definitely come in and contribute to some extent, but there are no guys that you would rush to sign right now. You know, so hopefully everybody stays healthy and the 49ers have guys and they're playing well and everything. But so far over the last, what, 10 years, 49ers haven't been that team that's been that lucky with injuries. They, they've been on the opposite end of the uh, spectrum. Actually, one of the worst teams in the NFL with injuries. And it's hard to think that that's something that's just not going to happen. I feel like right now you kind of have to prepare for the worst mentally. So you have a backup plan. And, you know, if it is a guy like Steven Nelson, who has starting experience, who is versatile, can play outside, inside. If that's a guy you were targeting before. And now, like you said, this Rich Sherman guy might be off the table. You might need to go and make a free agent signing, even though you weren't really prepared to do it right now. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see how this all plays out with the 49ers heading into camp. We will project what the roster looks like at corner and other positions uh, uh, sometime before camp opens in less than two weeks. Tomorrow, we've got a fun show, Croc. We are going to pick our all-division 
team. We are going to pick an NFC West preseason all-division team, the best player at each position in the division. I'm sure we are going to piss off some 49ers fans with this if we pick some non-49ers at some at, at some certain positions. But uh, the NFC West preseason all-division team coming up tomorrow right here, Locked on 49ers. 